a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Finding love is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And dating is a journey where you might stumble, fall, and even give up. And with all the mixed messages and the lousy conversations you're having and ghosting out there, it's no wonder you're finding it hard to stay on track. And in a world of modern romance, maintaining enthusiasm and drive can sometimes feel like a challenge. And whether you're navigating online dating, attending social events, exploring new adventures, you know, it's easy to experience moments of frustration and burnout. And I'm hearing all of you say that. Like, I've been talking to a lot of you on my free breakthrough calls, and you're all saying the same thing. I am so over it. I am so burnt out. And a lot of you are just wanting to give up. And so I really wanted to dedicate this episode on how to keep your dating motivation up. Now, here's the interesting thing about motivation. It's one of the driving forces behind human behavior. It's it's with everything, and it fuels competition on one hand, and it sparks social connection on the other. And it's important to know even what motivation is. So if you look at it, there's, there's two different kinds. It could be extrinsic, or I call external motivation, and that's where a person is inspired by outside forces. And usually that might require a consequence or a reward of some sort. And honestly, usually people need that when it's something you don't like, right? Now, intrinsic motivation tends to push people more forcefully and accomplishments are more fulfilling because it's something you inherently are either good at or you like. Like I'll use myself as an example. When it comes to taxes. Okay. I like, I hate it. (laughs) I need an external motivator. I need my accountant on my back saying, Hey, that date is coming up. And, and if I don't, there'll be a penalty, right? If it comes to, let's say exercise, I, I love exercise. I enjoy it. I don't need any kind of motivation externally. I get up and I'm like, I can't wait to exercise because I like the way it makes me feel. So everyone's different. If it if you think of dating and it feels negative and not very motivating, then you may need a little external encouragement just to help you get out of that rut and in fact make dating fun. Now, I often do this with my coaching programs where I, I gamify things a lot. And and that actually helps motivate some of the behavior in your dating, you know, life. I remember working with a woman, she hated socializing and the thought of going to a social event and even dates were exhausting. And she considered herself an introvert and just, she's like, I just hate the small talk. That's what she kept saying. And the problem is the thought of conversation caused her anxiety. And she would end up sabotaging any potential date because in the end, she just didn't want to have that conversation. So I put her on a system to motivate her by scheduling flirt time on the apps. And just for the sake of practice, I said, I don't even want you going on dates. I literally just want you practicing flirting on the DMs. And so she was rewarded. And I told her to reward herself at the end of the week by 
not doing any kind of dating whatsoever, but going to do something for herself, like an introvert time type of activity. And then she got really good at it. And in fact, she started really liking it. And then what was funny is she actually got a date, but then her anxiety popped up and she's like, I don't want to go on the date. So we had to do this kind of over and over again until she started enjoying it. And we then came up with a whole other system, gave her structure to practice flirting and dates. And then she started just loving it. And now she's actually dating somebody consistently, but it started with those like little, little tiny wins that added up to the bigger picture. So using practical tips, mindset shifts, actionable steps can serve as a roadmap to sustain your dating motivation. And with me on the line today is an amazing successful woman who I know personally, I'm so excited to have her on, who knows a lot about how to motivate yourself both in love and business. She is a international award-winning business consultant, coach, speaker, and podcaster who helps women around the world make more money by creating a personalized business strategy and mastering their mindset so they can create a business and life they love and want to show up for every single day. Welcome, Angela Henderson. Hey, 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 my friend. Super excited to be here today. Are you motivated to be here? I am motivated. <laughs> I am pumped. I, I mean, my factors for being here is I get to see your smiling and awesome face today and your energy. So I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, well, I'm glad I'm seen as a reward and not a consequence. No, I was so, I was so excited. To have that you. is definitely not a consequence. It is a massive reward. So I'm stoked, my friend. Oh my gosh. I know we're going to have such a juicy conversation I because like, I met you at a, a mastermind that we shared together. And I remember us just talking and just going, blah, blah, blah. like we couldn't stop talking because even though you're in business and I'm in dating, like it intersects so much. And I know you have a, um, a background like I do in mental health. And so, um, but one thing I don't know, which is interesting, and I do want to hear about, I'd love to just even hear your kind of backstory, like how you even got into all of this. Absolutely. So the thing is, is I'm actually from Canada, proud Canadian. I then moved down to America, to Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I did my high school and my undergrad, moved to Australia, where I did my master's degree in social work, and then moved back to North Carolina, where I did my clinical prac. So I am, I was a licensed clinical social worker where I used to work specifically with adult mental health, where I would diagnose people with schizophrenia, bipolar, autism, anxiety, you know, all of those things in between. And then my, I married my Australian. Australian husband and then we came back to Australia and now I've been in Australia for a long time and I continued in the mental health field for about 15 years and I absolutely love it I love seeing the people recover I love us being able to break down stigma around mental health but there's just so much around mental health that I absolutely love uh, and then I had a baby and I was looking at the toys he was playing with one day and I was like surely there's another way to get him stimulated other than everything that was bells and whistles with batteries. Now, yes, my kids watch TV. Yes, they have iPads. And yes, I'm all about it. But I was like, surely there's still other things that they can do. And as a social worker, I wanted to look at like fine motor skills, gross motor skills, etc. 
And as I did that, I then opened up an online store called Finley and Me, where we focused on creating childhood memories through play, love, and travel. We ended up with, or we started with zero products and ended up with around 1,400 different products. And that was where I started my business journey. And it was through doing Finley and Me for about seven years. Uh, I also became one of Australia's leading parenting influencers. I was signed with Netflix, Club Meds, Hilton's, and things like that for them to access my audience and have a secondary revenue stream. Uh, And then I started consulting. And yes, now I help women around the world make more money. Oh my gosh. Is that all? (laughs) Is that all? I'd love to say I'm also a mom to two. I love eating Nutella straight from the jar and I love traveling. So yes, those are my other little extra sprinkles in there. Well, and I think it's really interesting that you have the clinical social work background like I do, because, you know, we use that so much when it comes to mindset, business, you know, and, and like today we're talking about motivation more, but there's so many kind of offsprings to that, right? Because I'm curious, and I know you have also kind of a story in your relationship that happened. What like made you decide to really focus then on like the mindset part of business and like, how did, how did you stay motivated? Cause like you were doing so many things. For me, it was understanding that nobody's coming to save me. So if I was not having a happy day, whose fault is it? It's my fault. Happiness starts from within. And so I started looking at like, I was blaming my ex-husband. I was blaming friends or family. I was blaming clients. I was like, hold on, Angela, pull yourself in. This is about you. This is about your inability to be happy within yourself. And why is that? And so I had to start looking at the inner work. I had to start working with like hypnotherapists. I had to start working with healers. I've also worked with like traditional psychologists and stuff. And I learned, and I started to realize that there was things within me that I needed to change. Not needed but I want it to change because at the end of the day I'm really sick and tired of women due to me not taking responsibility for themselves now I'm just speaking with women because that's who I work with and I'm like and all they want to do is complain bitch moan whatever and I'm like no 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 stop the negativity every day is a new day to be awesome every day is a new day to inspire to to date to find love again whatever that looks like but yet we're we're in these cycles of negativity we're in these cycles of stories of limiting beliefs and I'm like the only person that can change is yourself. So that was my driving factor is that if I was on my deathbed, would I be able to look myself in the eye and know that I'd given everything I could in order to give my life the best life that I wanted? Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. Well, maybe let's get into it because you have gone through some changes in your relationship and then, you know, you want to talk a little bit about that and then how you've been staying motivated through all that. Absolutely. So I, again, it was Christmas Day and it actually wasn't planned for it to be on Christmas Day. But my ex-husband at the time, or I only have one ex-husband, my ex-husband, my (laughs) husband at the time, I should say, I just, there was one kind of final straw that he had broken on Christmas. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I grew up in Canada. So in Christmas would be so cold. We'd always stay at home. And my husband at the time was like, well, I'm just going to go and get a coffee down the road. And it kind of snapped me because I've been with him for 20 years. He knows kind of what I like about Christmas morning that it's really important to me. And he did that. And I just remember I got in the car to go with him. I started crying. And then I came in and I looked in the mirror and I just said, I went to the bathroom and I said, I'm not entering another year like this. I have to do something and I need to make radical change. So I pulled him aside and I said, you've got till March to get out. And he's like, what? 
And he was like, you've got, I said, you've got till March to get out. I said, I'm no longer doing this. I said, cause whatever I'm not changing, I'm choosing. I said, and it's not that there was no affair. There was no drug or alcohol. There was no domestic violence. It was, we simply expired. And so that's what I did. I asked him for the divorce on Christmas uh, day. He moved out on March 14th. And so at time of recording, it's been a little over a year that we've been officially separated. Uh, we can now file our paperwork here in Australia because you need to be separated for a year before divorce can take um, action. And that's how it is. And and funny enough, before recording, I was telling you how my kids had just gone to their dads. He lives like 15 to 20 seconds from my front door. So we're very amicable. We get along. But yes, I just I didn't whatever I'm not changing, I'm choosing. And so I decided to make the choice on Christmas Day to let him know that we were done. Wow. Well, I think that is part. I, I love that statement about what you choose to do, you know, because that puts the power back in yourself. And to your point, so many times when people fall victim or they're not motivated to do something, they're always looking outside themselves. Well, it's it's this person's fault or it's the environment that I'm living in or I'm too old or, you know, like whatever that is. And so by saying, I choose to do this and then putting yourself into action, is so, so powerful. Like, cause I wonder too, like, are you starting to date at all? Are, are you, and, and are you motivated to do that? Yeah. So I was, uh, so obviously March is when he left and then we yeah. had a trip to go back to America in July and I run from very masculine energy. I have to be structured. Things have to be I's and T's have to be dotted and crossed. So I was like, I'm not going to start dating until I come back in July because I was like, I just want to focus on the family trip. Do you know what I mean? Be with our family because we hadn't been back since COVID. And then I just was sitting on my bed one day and I was like, fuck, why do I always have to have everything planned? And it was just right then, it was probably around May, I just picked up the phone and I just signed up for Tinder and I said, I'm in, you know? And so, yes. And so I did start dating uh, May last year. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That's amazing. I love what you said though, too. How Well, a lot of high achievers, and I know we talk about this on your podcast, you know, it, it, it is hard because you're outcome oriented and driven and structured and which is the antithesis of what the skills are for dating, right? Because dating is about going with the flow and being in your feminine and leaning back and receiving and like not being attached to the outcome. And so there's a little bit of like a skill set too that you get to, you know, practice with that. And um, I... (laughs) It was funny. I was working with a woman who who just said like what you said, and she's been having so much fun because she's allowing herself, like like what you said, she's choosing to do this for herself, and she's just having so much fun. She never thought in a million years that spontaneity could be fun because in in the past it wasn't. <laughs> I don't know if you felt that. It'd be so much fun, and I yeah. think again, we always are just everything has to be a certain way. Everything has to be planned. And not all women, but I do find again high achievers. It it is very much this way. That comes down to control. We want to be able to control yes. the outcome, and so the sooner that we can learn to, like you said, surrender and appreciate whatever happens, happens and know that we're right on time. The right people are supposed to come in and out of our life and trust that process. Beautiful things can happen and evolve from that. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I mean, what would you say, maybe it's like how you work with women now too, to people who can't lift themselves up, who do fall victim. I mean, they might be listening and say, oh, well, this all sounds great and dandy and she can do it. But like, how, how, what are some steps that people could do to get out of this rut? 
I mean, I guess you have to think about is, 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 and I know as warped as it sound is, but I want to ask yourself, the question is, if you were on your deathbed today, or you just got diagnosed and you, with cancer, you only had a few short weeks to live, what would you regret? What would you genuinely regret? And at that time, I said I would regret staying with my husband and I would regret not getting a British bulldog. All right. And so for me, those are my two main regrets. And I actually continuously ask myself this question kind of every quarter, every month, whenever it pops up, because I'm like, what am I not doing now that if someone said to me, you only have days to live, what would I regret? Travel is another big thing. I want to travel and create beautiful memories with my kids. How am I infusing that either locally or international travel? So my first thing is I want you to think about what would you regret? And if one of your regrets is around dating or finding love, then I ask you to go is what's one thing that you can do today, whether even if it's just journaling, don't even get on an app. I'd actually ask you to journal. What is it that you're looking for? What are your negotiables? What are your non-negotiables? And start manifesting it in that way before you even get on the app. So that was those would be my two things. What would you regret? And start journaling what you actually want. So you're starting the process of manifesting and bringing in and attracting with the energy about what you want. And even that exercise alone, I've done it for myself. I find it can, it can relax you, it can excite you, and it can motivate you to go, actually, it's not as far-fetched. There is someone out there that wants something like this. I love it. It's almost a reframe. I've, I've never heard people say it like that before. What, what do you regret? Because so many people say, well, what do you want? But when you, it is almost like a consequence, right? Like we were talking about before in ways of motivation, like you can motivate yourself by saying, well, this is how bad my life would be if I didn't have this, you know, and, and really coming at it at that angle, especially if it's something hard, that's really cool. And also like at what cost? Yeah. What is what is it costing you by being miserable, sitting on the couch and doubting yourself? It's probably costing you your health, potentially because you're overeating or undereating. It's costing you sleep. You're either oversleeping or undersleeping. It's probably costing you your confidence, overconfident, lack confidence. It's probably costing you the ability to, co- to connect with your family and friends because you either just ignore them altogether. Like, what is it costing you by staying where you're at in life? I I ask that question all the time, especially when people are about to pull the trigger and like really focus on this part of their life. I don't know if you find this too, like when people are wanting to invest in themselves and, and, and it's like the, right, like the cost of not doing it versus staying where they're at is, is, is really the question, you know? And I, I love that. I, and I think in ways of just human nature, we often want something so bad, but we also fear it. That's the thing. And that's almost like the tug of war that goes on in our head. It's like, well, I want that guy. I want that beautiful partnership, but I'm also scared that I'm going to get hurt. So it's like, and, and I wondered if you have any tools around that, because like the fear can get so big, even though intellectually they do want it and they know the cost is great. What I say there is, is your external world is a direct reflection of your internal world. Mm. I'll repeat that. Your external world is a direct reflection of your internal world. So whatever's stopping you is deeply rooted inside of you. So even journaling, journaling is a great surface level technique that we can all do, but it's still not getting to the root cause of what's stopping you from whatever that is. And that root cause is normally something that's happened in your childhood. And it's either a T1 or a T2 trauma. Typically T2 trauma is what we see. So some 
subconsciously, your brain, which makes up 97% of your decision-making process, is you don't feel like you're safe, you don't feel like you belong, or you don't feel like you're enough. And so really, if you're wanting active change, in my opinion, you're either going to go to a hypnotherapist and get to the root of what's going on, or you're potentially going to work with healers. You can go and do one-on-one psychology, you can go and do one-on-one stuff with social work, but in my experience, both as a clinician and someone who has had therapy done, it might take you 50 sessions. And now that's a year or two years of waiting for this change to happen. Or you can book in with a hypnotherapist and get to the root of one problem. You can't get to the root of everything, but the root of one problem in 45 minutes. So again, if you're really wanting something, a hypnotherapy session might be $150. Now, some of you are going to say, I don't have money to do that. And I call bullshit because if you can buy wine, if you can buy clothes, if you can buy shoes, if you can buy cigarettes, if you can get tattoos and if you can get your hair done, you can save enough money to be able to afford a hypnotherapy session, which is going to work your inner world, which then will reflect your external world, which will mean you'll be dating and falling in love again. So again, you can choose to bitch about it or you can choose to go and take action. But in my opinion is you're really going to have to get to the root of that to truly shift. Because if you don't, you can still go and date people, but you're more likely going to self-sabotage your relationship later on down the road because that rooted problem will fester in you. It will trigger, you'll get triggered by your partner. You won't know why it's triggering and you'll end up, do you know what I mean, back at square one. So you, you do have to go and do the work and it's it's not easy as in I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. And that's why most people in society will not do it because they're going to have to cry. They're going to have to go to the root problem of whatever happened in childhood. And they don't want to address that. It's been easy their life just to keep piling it and suppressing it. But if you want change, you're going to have to get to the root of it. Yeah, it is. And it's hard because I think when you, when you're faced with something like I, I had this client who did exactly that. Like we, we had to go really deep and she has never really uncovered some of this like dark stuff that she had, you know, as we were talking. And then she almost gave up on coaching because she was like, I don't like feeling this way. I said, well, of course you don't like feeling this. You've been avoiding it your whole life. And to your point, you're going to keep attracting the same guy because of it. Maybe he looks different, but same guy, different costume. That's what I always say. And it's it becomes that pattern. And I always say things get worse before they get better. And I congratulated her. I said, it's so awesome that you're feeling horrible. <laughs> and she's like, what? And I'm like, no. I said, that means you're, for the first time in your life, you're feeling And that's the thing is we don't feel because we continue to suppress, suppress, suppress. And that's also another thing is that when you start to do this work, what people don't tell you is how hard it is when you come out healed. Healing is always an ongoing process. But when you start that journey and then you enter into a relationship with someone who's equally healed you you repel it and I'm a prime example when I first started dating I met this beautiful guy we're still dating actually now and I remember our first date handsome sexy yes kind of polite yes so I get in the car and I was like yeah not for me I'm just gonna let him know that like we're done and I said hold on but he's everything you want I was like oh I'm self-sabotaging this relationship because he didn't have narcissistic features and I was actually able to sit in a place of calm for once and my body was going to fight in flight mode because it was something new 
I'd never experienced that calmness before, that gentleness before in a man, uh, that openness, right, in a man. And we're still together, do you know what I mean, at time of recording. But because I've done the inner work and I had the tools to acknowledge that I was about to self-sabotage because this didn't feel comfortable because my nervous system isn't regulated at the time, do you know what I mean, for this calm man to come into my life. Like, yeah, it's it's something that I've had to work through. Another example is we got in a fight and I kind of shut down because that's my coping mechanism so I was like and he said I don't really like that and I said you know what I'm going to go and do a hypnotherapy session and I was able to figure out that I shut down because of a childhood incident that happened to me when my dad would come home from the oil rigs every time so the thing is is the work doesn't stop when you start like I'd already done the work then I identified that I was going to self-sabotage. Then we had our first fight. And I was like, well, no, he really means something to me. I don't want this behavior to continue. So I need to keep looking within. This is awesome that you're talking about this because, you know, it relates so much to like triggers that we have and a principle called familiarity principle, right? Like when we all default back to what we know, every single time, it could be good, bad, different, it doesn't matter. It's like, oh, the brain says, I know this, you know, and then we'll go back to it. And I think this is part of the motivation. And I didn't think about it until you were just talking now that it's almost as if you have to override one of your triggers and have a corrective experience around it, meaning something that's really positive that will help you motivate yourself to keep going and to do it, you know, and because you, until you experience it, like until you have this beautiful man in your life who wasn't the narcissist, you would keep going back to the narcissist because it's just what you know. And you're like, oh, wait, I lived through it. I got through it. And actually it's kind of nice. Now I have to trust it. And now you keep going with it. And I, I, you know, now that you say that, I think that's part of the motivation is to override that. 100% the motivation, right? Because you finally have this beautiful soul come into your life. And I'm like, I don't want to do life without you. But in order, and don't get me wrong, he too is going to healers and hypnotists. Like we both, again, we've both been presented in each other's lives. I believe that we're we're, we're giving each other triggers. We've only been dating now for almost four months, but in four months, we can go, hey, what what was the trigger? We both are adult enough to go, hey, why did that trigger you? Where did it come from? And what do we need to do to get through this? I've never been in a relationship where both parties are prepared, right, to do the work and come through that. So I'm not saying that all people will, but the fact that, again, I've done the work meant I was attracting the other people who had also done the work. Right. And so whereas it was interesting, my first guy that I dated when I first got out of it. He, he was supposed to be in my life for a reason, 100%, but he had a little bit of narcissist type features, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm no longer settling for this. I'm no longer, I was able to practice what I've already learned, right? To go no and articulate it and say this, and I'm not going to settle for this, right? And so you strengthen the muscle, just like you go to the gym, you don't walk into the gym with a six pack. It can take four, five, 12 months or longer before the six pack appears. You've got to keep going little bit by little bit, day by day, minute by minute for some of us. But my motivating factor here is I have literally found the most beautiful soul ever and I don't want to lose him as he'll say he doesn't want to lose me. So what do we need to do collect together collectively, both personally and individually to get through this? So, you know, we'll do like this weekend at time of recording, we're going down to Byron Bay. We've got a private sound healing session that we'll both do together for an hour and a half, right? To sit and look at like, you know, chakra clearings and do you know I mean things like that? And then we'll talk about it. So again, my motivator is I want more of those experiences in my world. I 
want more of his awesomeness in my world. So I'm prepared to continue to look within to make sure that I don't self-sabotage that relationship. You know, what's so beautiful is that you're motivating each other. And more importantly, you're communicating. Like if, if either one of you didn't communicate in the way that you are, it's such a high vibration then it could it could really fall apart with you know all the triggers that are happening back and forth and and i think that's what happens when you're dating later in life too right because we all have are bringing our own like suitcases of baggage <laughs> you know with us and we're dragging it and and suddenly we're like wait a second this suitcase doesn't belong here that was back there and and so i i just really commend you and i hope you listening are are taking this in because this is such an important part of overriding those bad habits. And those bad habits, listen, we're always going to continue to have baggage. I think that's also yeah. important. The suitcase, you might have 12 suitcases to begin with, and you still might get down to one, but the baggage never goes away. The difference is, is acknowledging the baggage and understanding what am I going to do? What am I choosing to do with this versus continuing to ignore it? Uh, and there'll be more triggers that will come up that have never been there before, right? And I guess that's the beautiful thing about humans and healing is that it's an ongoing process. But I believe hurt people hurt people. Heal people, heal people. And so, again, if you're one of those, depending on where you're at, you also have to choose what are you attracting and what do you want to put out to the world? So beautiful. Angela, like, I could talk to you forever. We're like, <laughs> like this is how we were at Flight Club. Um, are there any kind of parting words of wisdom? This has been such a great and inspirational conversation. Listen, I would say that be kind to yourself. Mm. Be gentle to yourself. You weren't born going, I'm going to have this baggage. Unfortunately, the baggage happened to us for whatever reason, through T1 or T2 trauma or whatever happens. But just know that change is possible if you choose to make the change within. No one's coming to save you, right? So, And whatever you're not changing, you are choosing. So just know that each day is a new day if you choose to allow the goodness in. The choice is yours. I love it. And you know, metaphor, just going along with that luggage, instead of dragging it, open it up and see what's inside because maybe there's something beautiful inside that you want to take with you. That's not all bad either, you know, and it's like you said, it's what you do with it. There's always golden gems. Do you know what I mean? Yes. There's like, again, like we, we, most of us are might be high achievers also, but most of us are probably highly empathetic people. So we have big hearts. We've got so much to give. We've got kindness. We've got love, right? But you've got to be willing to, again, do the work in order for those true, those gems to truly be able to shine. Uh, you're here to do bigger things in life, you know, and, and make sure again, whatever you're doing, you don't have those regrets when you get to your deathbed. Yeah. What don't regret? Yeah, the regret thing. I love that. Angel, where can everyone find you? Yeah, the best places you can find me at uh, my website, which is angelahenderson.com.au, or you can find me over on Instagram. My handle is Angela Henderson Consulting. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for your just your generous time, your tips, everything. I adore you. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely adore you too. So thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. And thank you for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, kimmyseltzer.com. And if you are struggling being motivated in your dating life, 
and you are about to give up, just hop on a call with me and I can help inspire motivation and navigate any hurdle that might be in your way. So just click the link you see in the show notes to schedule that. And who knows, that one call could change the entire course of your life. And remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now. 